This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. Our friend Mona Charon, who joins us momentarily, is in town today. Mona Charon, the author of the new book, you know Mona Charon, uh, yeah, Ethics and Public Policy Center, longtime nationally syndicated columnist. You always friend find, of the show. Find her work at nationalreview.com. Uh, That's where I usually find it. Uh, the new book is Sex Matters, How Modern Feminism Lost Touch with Science, Love, and Common Sense, the second wave feminism that uh, Camille Paglia talks about. Uh, Mona Charon in town today in Leafy Wilmette. Oh. Oh, lovely. Uh, she's in town to speak at events hosted by New Trier Neighbors, which is a group of residents in New Trier that's actually trying to bring some sanity to the North Shore, which is uh, welcome. Uh, she's going to be speaking about her book, Sex Matters, and uh, the Kavanaugh hearings and a whole lot more. For uh, I think there's a few tickets left. You can go to NewTrierNeighbors.org, NewTrierNeighbors.org, if you want to. Uh, hear Mona Chiran live and in person, ask her questions, have some wine and cheese at 6.30 in Wilmette, NutriNeighbors.org. Mona Chiran, thanks so much for joining us again, and welcome to Chicago. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I wanted to start by uh, uh, getting your reaction to this uh, Baker Center survey. It's at Georgetown University. Uh, American Institutional Confidence Poll. It uh, asks uh, about America's confidence in various institutions that provide the foundation for civil society, for our free society, and breaks it out by Democrats and Republicans and so forth. Here's something that's interesting. Um, Overall, the institution in America that has the most confidence is the military, followed closely by Amazon. Uh, And (laughs) and, yeah. (laughs) Well, Strange bedfellows. Okay. Well, this is where we're going. Among Democrats, Amazon is number one, then colleges, then the military, then Google, FBI, nonprofits, press, organized labor. Among Republicans, the military is number one, local police, number two, Amazon, number three, hmm. the executive branch, religion, banks, nonprofits, companies, blah, blah. So um, my question is, we talk so much about the hyperpolarized nature of our society these days. And I wonder if it has something to do with that, uh, with both Republicans and Democrats place more confidence in Amazon.com than they do God. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I have a few reactions to what you said. First of all, I would say um, it's it's not God who's lost standing, but it is organized religion. Mm-hmm. And um, and that I think is because most people still say that they believe in God and uh, but it is organized religion and look there have been a number of reasons that uh, a rational person would lose confidence in organized religion. Let's face it, it hasn't been a good few decades um, for organized religion. Some of them, some major evangelical leaders, have allied themselves way too closely with one or the other side of the political spectrum. You know, some of the mainstream churches have become sort of arms of the Democratic Party, and some of the evangelical churches have become arms of the Republican Party, and they tend to justify things and bad behavior, not on any sort of uh, objective measure, but just based on their political preferences. So that's bad. And, And similarly, the Catholic Church 
uh, has been racked by scandal. So it, uh, you know, the fact is that there are good reasons for this loss of confidence. Um, the, the other thing is, I was just saying about Amazon, that's hilarious. Um, but uh, Amazon is not an institution, of course. It right. is a right. company. It's a fantastic company. It deserves its good standing, I would say. I was just reflecting the other day that they make so few mistakes, right? So many other companies that you deal with, you know, you have to call them. They've made a mistake and they're not all that nice about it and so on. Not Amazon. They are really, really sharp and they do their job very well. Okay. So that's great. But what do we need for a thriving democracy? We need a lot more than good companies. And, you know, good companies are great, obviously, but we need strong civil society, strong intermediate institutions that uh, are the civilizing and and, uh, meaning granting institutions in the country. We already talked about religion, which is in trouble. We also have very, very, very uh, wounded families, and that's part of what uh, sex matters is about. It's about um, how feminism helps undermine family life, thinking that this would be better for women, and in fact, it's been the exact opposite. It's well, been how, worse for women yeah. and for everyone else. Well, how does feminism fail us at home? You'd mentioned that. But Feminism you, yeah. made a crucial mistake. Look, they did some good things. I would never deny that. Um, but feminism failed because they joined up with the sexual revolution in, in denying that family life was essential to health and happiness. They thought that marriage was a trap for women, and they taught that, and they encouraged women to behave sexually, not just like men, but like the worst men. That that was the model, and um, and the idea was not that your um, sex life should be part of your family life, that your sex life should be geared toward you know lifelong uh, love and commitment and the uh, uh, you know offspring that result from a lifelong loving marriage, but rather that sex should be an expression of your identity. You know, and um, and that has led us down a very, very bad path. As we see, people, men are, are less happy. Men are, are more disconnected from their families and children than they have ever been. Women are struggling in many instances, first of all, to find a decent guy to marry. And uh, also, to, so very often, they're struggling to do the whole job of parenting on their own, which does, you know, with the rare exceptions, does not work out well. Of course, there are some women who are able to do it, pull it off, but for most people, it's too hard, and uh, children need their fathers. And uh, this, is, this is probably the crisis of our age, is the breakdown of families. And uh, with respect to the other implications of what you're describing, it also seems to me the sexualization of children. Uh, and, oh, yes. And, and I mean, uh, just an example uh, this week, uh, a middle school in Thornton, Colorado, oh, had a drag queen uh, show up for career day. Um, uh, and, didn't let know, the parents know either. But. Well, sure, of course, yeah. in loco parentis. Um, but, uh, but I mean, just speak to the, the sexualization of children and uh, the gen, you know, gender identity politics at the, gr- at the grade school level. Yeah, because when you, um, when you make sexual, when you make you change sexuality from an expression of love between married adults uh, to an expression of identity, 
then why wait? You know, you have to start really early while the kids are just beginning to explore what it means to be male and female or, you know, the 57 other genders they now tell us that we have. Um, and so this starts very early in schools. Uh, it, the, the encouragement to premature sexuality is all around us, not just in schools, but throughout our culture. Um, and by the way, it's getting back to what I was mentioning a minute ago about the, um, the family structure breaking down. There is very good data, and I go into it in Sex Matters, about um, what happens to girls who are raised with a, a man in their home who is not their father, uh, which is all too common, of course. First of all, they are like 57 times more likely to be sexually or physically abused. Um, and they are also more likely to go into early, just um, to, to start menstruation earlier than girls who grow up with their own fathers. And we don't understand all of this, what that means sort of biologically, but something is going on there. And, um, and it's, not, it's not healthy. Um, again, you know, there are exceptions, and of course there are great stepfathers and all of that, but... Um, you know the, the the data are irrefutable that um, that girls raised by in in homes with their non biological fathers um, are at greater risk, and um, you know the the um, one of the things that the feminists did was that they denied differences between men and women, and this still goes on. It is still controversial on college campuses and in the academy. And you remember with that Google memo that came out a few, uh, about a year ago, um, it's still controversial to say, you know, there are differences between men and women. We're not the same. And, um, and yet it's so blatantly obvious that only an intellectual could deny it, um, that the differences are far more than skin deep and that women um, are, are not... You know, one of the reasons that we see the Me Too movement, in my opinion, is that women are disgusted by the anything-goes sexual culture that they've inherited. They, they don't want to just sleep around and be promiscuous. They want love. They want relationships. They want commitment. They want to be treated with respect, bodies and minds. And yet the culture they've inherited is one, thanks in part to feminism, is one where those sensitivities, those, those typical female feelings are no longer honored in our culture. And I think Me Too is in a way, they may not necessarily perceive it this way, but I think it is a cry of despair on the part of younger women saying, we are just not happy with this. You know, we don't want to be you know, sexually harassed. We don't want to be right. pawed at. We don't want to be treated as Whistle sex objects. Yeah. Remember that old phrase from the... Yeah. 1960s and 70s, well, you know, it's, boy, has that backfired? Because well, the best way to be treated as a whole person and not as a sex object is to put sex back where it belongs um, in family life. Well, what did you think of Christine Ford, and did she help or hurt the feminist movement? Well, I, I had a lot of sympathy for her. I felt that she um, was put in an impossible position. I think that uh, she, she had wished to remain anonymous and they dragged her in front of the cameras anyway. I think the Democrats were using her, uh, obviously. And uh, I think um, uh, and I think the Republicans in this case were, were 
polite and they didn't attack her. Um, and, um, and I think that, that, that was that her, her whole treatment, I think was fine. The, where it went off the rails was that the Democrats, um, unfortunately were ready to throw any dirt that they could at Kavanaugh. And so they not only highlighted Blasey Ford, who honestly, you know, seemed to be telling her, her truth as she saw it, but, uh, but others like the, crazy Avenatti person uh, who, you know, whose allegations were just didn't pass the laugh test about gang rapes and, um, and other stories about rapes on boats. And I mean, it just, it was so preposterous. And I think they hurt their own case by lumping in Blasey Ford with all of these other absurd allegations. Um, it, it, I think it, it damaged her credibility uh, through no fault of her own. She is Mona Chiaran, columnist, senior fellow, Ethics and Public Policy Center. The book, Sex Matters, How Modern Feminism Lost Touch with Science, Love, and Common Sense. And again, she's in Wilmette tonight to speak to an event uh, sponsored by the Nutra Neighbors. Uh, for more information, if you want to attend, org. Mona, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck with the book, and good luck with your talk tonight. Thanks so much. Glad to talk to you guys. Take care. And she joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.